whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Brought to you by Rock Antenna, Germany's number one rock radio station. It's an honor to meet you because uh, you're a, a, met a very, very big musician. And um, it's very nice to see you here on this high-end uh, Munich event. Um, how is it to be the picture of this kind of event? Oh, it's highly unusual. You know, it's highly uh, unexpected. And uh, I'm honored, to say the least. But uh, it's something uh, of a new, you know, a new journey and a new experience. And I'm happy to be a part of it. I mean... Recently, I have done uh, a project that was released by a very high-end audio label called Impex. Uh, so they were the ones that, that uh, introduced me to this possibility. It's very nice. I think uh, we talked a lot on the uh, event before on 11 o'clock, and you said many things about uh, the music scene now. Um, you said that the, now we're in a difficult time. Um, because of the streaming platforms. Yeah. So what do you wish for the future? What could we for do? For it to go away. <laughs> for it to completely go away and and somehow all of the governments make it illegal. That's what I wish. Because, sure, the record companies are making more than they ever made before because the streaming companies pay them for the yeah. usage of their catalog. But they don't share with the artists. What they share, if there's anything, it's so minute. You'd have to sell a million, you know, streams to, in order to pay a lighting bill. So it's uh, it's a system that is they're getting away with it because of some technicality of the contract, but it's not fair. Yeah, definitely. I wish I wish it would go away, and I wish also something that will never happen again. Uh, but. Sure, would be nice to some degree if it would, and that would be record stores coming back. Yeah, you said it already that the vinyls are coming back. So why do you say that? So um, did you see it on your tour or on your concert? That no, I, I've read about it. People tell me that seem to be more than no about uh, vinyl outselling CDs now, which is the uh, first time ever. So the, it's somewhat coming back then. I wish we would come back even more. And for you personally, how can I um, imagine how is how is it um, at your in your private house? Like, do you play uh, vinyls? Do you have a big sound system? What is really 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 new? Or how can I imagine your? I think over sound time, system? over time, what happened was, I think more and more traveling happened as. As the records continued uh, past 20 records, I, I just found myself uh, on the road all the time. So there was no, uh, not a lot of downtime to sit between two gi giant speakers anymore. So I think on a particular move I made to this house, um, I didn't even have a, a stereo setup. I have the speakers, but right now I, I listen small. Oh, okay. And it's it's not good. But I've become so accustomed to sound on a, on an iPhone because I have a you know a ton of music on the iPhone and I put my headphones on or plug into a little speaker. So getting back into which hopefully this 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 event will get me back into 
what I used to love. And I was I was really into high end audio much younger. So But I think it's so crazy you're you're a very, very famous uh musician. Um And that you you talked about that you record your stuff uh, with a voice memos, um, and it's so crazy. No, I don't. How, I, I record the ideas. I don't. Yeah, the ideas. I don't release them. And how can I? Um, yeah, how is your working flow uh, with your uh, songs and your recording? So you take many times uh, you make voice messages and then after well i do it i'm the... not near a writing board i have a big you know kind of like an architect board and i write out scores now more often i find myself uh maybe in a hotel room where i don't have that writing capability set up and i'll i'll just record the ideas and a lot of times with my band at sound checks i'll record things that i'm trying You know, and then and then I'll write it out if it's working. I think it's so interesting. How is the process of a of a record? And you said already that um, you will publishing um, a double vinyl uh, this year. You know, uh, so what can we? Um, yeah, what is on it? Like, is it a solo project or is it a? It started out as uh, the record company was proposed um, a separate project outside of the contract that's something i wanted to do to keep busy during the COVID period where there was nothing going on which was i wanted to make a solo just solo guitar so i got a, a nice small budget to do exactly that but then uh because the time home turned into a lot longer than expected uh i wrote a lot more but then half of the music became uh bigger productions, let's say, the more, more instruments, a lot of which I played. So there's some electric guitar, there's some, a lot of percussion, there's, there's a lot of keyboard parts and stuff. So it's half and half. There's half solo and half, I would say, production. Nice. Um, yeah, you you did the music for over 40 years. Yeah. That's huge. So um, how... How can you get your motivation now? So I think uh, I know your age. So, but you look like four years old man. Uh, you look like a rock star, yes, but um, you look so fit. So, what is your uh, what is your? My wife's thirty five. I have to I have to keep this uh, charade up. <laughs> I have to keep the charade going. You know. So I have a little seven year old now again. So I have a daughter, 35, 25, and and I have many lawyers. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> so your motivation, yeah, you you uh, you do very different kind of music stuff. You already told about it. Uh, you talked about it um, like you're a jazz guitarist, very famous jazz guitarist, mm -hmm. but you, you're going on to with the uh, Mandoki Soulmates. So they're different kind. Not really. Well, I, I'm doing uh, uh, this big kind of collaborative thing in august and but i'm not doing the tour oh okay i think i think the the impression is that i'm doing the tour right It's yeah well, well, he, well, he promotes all of these kind of more famous guys doing something with him and then people don't think they don't know if they're getting that when they go see him okay. so apparently he has a tour coming up but i'm going to be so busy with my own stuff i wouldn't be able to do it 
I think it's the same with all the other names. And what is the most important for you? Like you're, you more like to go on tour with bands or your solo project? No, my solo projects. I mean, yeah. I, I have, you know, I have an acoustic band and I have also an electric band that I'm going to go out with, which is uh, a rarity. You know, I've, I haven't been doing as much electric, but we're going to go out. We're going to do the, the hits from my early albums. And well, how important is for you the produce time in your studio? So how much time do you want to, do you spend um, per month maybe oh, for your producing? You know, it's, it varies so much. It's, it's not funny. I gave it a six-month rest, and then I went back in last week and a half ago. And I did, uh, I, I usually do a day and a day off and a day, a day off. Because it, when you record it a whole day, my whole day is not less than 12 hours. Mm -hmm. We don't do six or eight-hour sessions. It's like 12, maybe even 14 hours straight. So you're dead the next day, and you really got to take the time to listen and digest it. Listen to it maybe a hundred times. Right. You know, and then if I want to listen to it, I, I keep wanting to listen to it, that's a good sign. If I don't want to listen to it, it means it's not there. <laughs> that's how that works. Yeah, it's it sounds very healthy, I mean. Yeah, but, well, if I'm proud of it and I think it's really special, I want to keep hearing it. Okay. You know, but it, it takes a few listens to know if that's going to reoccur or not. Like, if after a few listens, it's like, I've been, I'm not going to listen to this anymore. You know, maybe I'll take another try at it again. But, uh, and I've done that. I've, I, I, there's one piece in particular. I recorded three, three different lays and I got it a third time. Now, sure. And you never get bored of your stuff. So, or was there any any time in your life that you say, okay, now there's a period you, you, you know, you got to give it a little rest and then go back to it. You know, the mind also plays tricks on you. It can, it can happen either way. It can happen where I'm not so sure. And, you know, and then you hear something maybe years later and you go, my God, that was great. Uh, or the other way around, where you think something is really, I really love it, really love it, and you hear a lady go, mm. you know, but generally I'm I'm proud of, you know, where I've brought all music to the certain level that it's at, you know. Um, I wrote a sentence of you that you said uh, that music is your religion. Well, yeah, that's what I You explained that. That's what I believe in, is what gives me strength and what gives me hope and what gets my mind off of all of the things going on in the world, especially these last bunch of years, you know. In America, we have a lot of mass shootings every day. You know, we have a we're, we're, the world is on the verge of a World War Three. you know, any minute. So there's a lot of uh, stress and apprehension. And, uh, you know, music is the way, this is what saved me during the, the COVID thing. Because I was glued to CNN, a news channel. And I just couldn't believe what was happening to everybody. The whole world. How did this COVID get from China <laughs> all the way over to like southwestern South America or Alaska? How is that possible? Did it travel in a cloud? It's crazy. So to get my mind off of it, it was either the fact that I was going to eat like 400 Oreo cookies every night, <laughs> which I did. I did the and same I gave with 30 wine. pounds. And then 
I was in pajamas for the whole year. You know, but pajamas are very nice. You know, They're very nice. But you you don't realize how big you're getting. Yeah, because the stretch. <laughs> so then, uh, my friends, uh, uh, unfortunately, his mother passed away. We went to the the wake, and uh, I had to put on a suit. And I went, "Holy jeez, I can't." <laughs> I never had a problem with the suit. That's when I realized, okay, I better I better do like a serious uh, fasting. And running on the beach, which is what I did, and I, I I went down to the perfect weight, and that you know that period or what really saved me was writing music, because when I, if I'm not writing up or just reading music, could be someone else's music, it completely takes me away from the problem. It's like a, a therapy for you. Jardis. Sure. Very nice. Yeah. Crazy. And it calms me. Yeah. It calms me, especially in Florida. I have a room that uh, when I open this, the doors, I can hear the ocean. So it's good for my tinnitus. I have ringing of the ears really bad. So when you hear, it's so calming. And it kind of takes your attention off of that. Now, so. So that's your secret. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, and... Your favorite band, you said, that's the Beatles, right? Well, I, the Beatles, yeah. I mean, what do I like about the Beatles? Everything. 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 I mean, I, I think the music, so simple music sometimes is even more effective than the most complicated music because it goes straight to the heart. You know, deep music requires more of the listener to get involved with it. So it's, uh, you know, I'm known for more complicated music, but I'm a big, I'm a big fan of, of uh, certain pop music uh, of that level. So when you have uh, one wish, uh, with which kind of musician do you want to play music on stage? Well, uh, I would love to say I play with, you know, I mean, it, I don't know. I play with all the jazz greats. Uh, and it was a great honor to, to do all of what I've done so far. But uh, to do something with a pop guy that I grew, grew up listening to and really adoring, like a Paul McCartney, would be cool. You know. Oh, Harry Styles? Hmm? Maybe a Harry Styles? I don't know what any of this guy is. I mean, if he, if he was an ugly guy, would he be It's a very famous uh, popular musician. Yeah, but you, she didn't hear me. Uh -huh. If he was an ugly guy, would he be popular? Yeah. No, he wouldn't. Yeah, of course, of course. Not sure. Definitely, definitely. So um, <laughs> you say that. I'm, I'm definitely. I'm going to give it a chance. Oh, well. I'm a rocker girl, but he's a, I think, a very good guy in the pop. Uh, well, I'm sure he's a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like the other guy, the redhead guy? Ed Sheeran. Yeah. The pendulum. It's not it's not my favorite kind of music, but it's good music and it's a good inspiration for other musicians, I mean. Well Elton made a good choice, right? Elton. Elton John. Yeah. He signed up. He is a very nice guy. So yeah, I think it's good to, to see everyone in this pop scene to you. Yeah, I think it's crazy that you see there's one guy on stage and everyone is dreaming in the um on a concert and of that feeling. So yeah, yeah. It's magic. I mean, music is magic. Yeah. Therapy, like you said. 
Um, so now we are uh, sitting uh, next to the big uh, audio event. Um, so when you going back on Sunday to your home or to your show, do you want to see all the th uh, the things on the event, or do you want to buy something for the Friday? Yeah, I want to. I want to go around. Yeah, sure, I want to see what's happening. And after your car is full of stuff, or well, uh, we leave Monday, I think. Yeah, Monday. So we'll see what happens. I'm carrying with me a lot of my equipment for my tour. So. Oh, so now you have a I have to big car myself because my, my musicians are and tour management are in Europe. But my next tour is in the States with a different crew. Okay. So I have to bring everything back myself. Oh, okay. I probably won't be carrying any equipment from it that I, I might get here. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, there's everything in these rooms. That's fucking crazy. I'm overstrained after when I'm going there. Um, so now you're in Munich. Um, can we meet you here pri private in Munich? Do you want to see something in Munich? No. I've, I know everything about Munich pretty much. I, I lived here for three years. You lived three years here? Yeah. My my wife was working here. And we married in. Uh, we had a reception at the uh, Tegensee. Oh, the Tegensee. Very nice. Uh. <clears throat> and uh, since I was 19, I, I I had taken all my days off here. Okay. At the Bayerischenhof. This was my resting point within tours. If I had one or two or three days off, I'd fly just to rest here, so it, it it was a great town to to be understood. You know, everybody spoke English well. Everything was very organized. Yeah, everything you know, is organized. It's the best sentence. The German way. Oh, now my my German way. My life is like that. My life and my really my life because of my wife. The kid was with us. So, what can you say about Germany? What is your um, yeah opinion about this? Uh, country um, when we talk about music? Well, the, the, they really embraced uh, the American music, the British music, uh, probably more so than any other country in Europe. And uh, it's it's become maybe my favorite country to play. The audiences here are great for, for what I do. You know, and I played so many cities here. Still, I'm hearing of cities that I've never heard before. So you can do easily three-week to four-week tours in this country. Well, you can't in France and Italy or any place like that. Germany holds uh, the most possibilities, you know. And where are the differences between the other countries, like the, like the States? The States? Um, the States, okay. I think they would love for me to bring out the electric guitar because that's what they remember. The States was... was Uh, all for the, the, the new movement, which was called Fusion, mid-70s. And, um, but I had the big acoustic success in Germany in 1980, and they never forgot it. So I, I took that opportunity, and I made several different types of acoustic records that really appealed to uh, the, Germans, the German market. You know, Crazy. by blending certain elements, because, you know, you guys were brought up with classical music. American kids don't know anything at all. Really? Zero. Okay. I've everything learned from my dad, so... Yeah, yeah, but you you, you come from a culture that, you know, where classical music was born and, uh, you know, still thrives somewhat, you know. So 
in the States, you know, you had jazz because they didn't like it. So it was brought up, it was brought up with rock and pop. Yeah. And um, how important is it to to be a musician um, who is playing different kind of music stuff? Well, I, I think it's a, uh, it, it puts me in my own niche. So I have my own niche. I'm not like Clapton. I'm not like this these other kind of famous jazz guys. I, I've created a the style and a sound. And... Uh, You know, as much as you try to copy someone, when you're starting out, I think I tell kids it's really good to try to copy your heroes because eventually you'll develop your own voice. But you got to learn from somebody. You have to have someone influence yeah. where you want to go. And you're never going to sound exactly like that person no matter what you do. Yeah. yeah. So when you can say one sentence to the new generation in a music way... What do you want to say? Oh, you, it's too bad you ended it with a music way. Because if you had just said, what do you want to tell a new generation? I'd say, plastic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> you can say anything. Specializing. <laughs> no, uh, you have to be very passionate. You know, all the way, 100% passionate to, to survive and thrive, hopefully thrive through an era in which the record business is gone. Yeah, let's see. You know, when I say it's gone, I mean, I saw the glory days when when we sold millions of records. And that's because we had stores, you know, multiple yeah. stores, every town, now they're gone. And America is not one. Really? Okay. I'm growing up in the 90s, so for me, it's, I think all the record stores are opened like Yeah, the last 10 years, there there was no changing. I lived a long time in Berlin, and my favorite stores are open. So for me, yeah, well, you have out, You have Saturn, Saturn, and they're in a number yeah. of cities, and you have uh, Ludwig Beck in Munich. They're hanging on by a thread. Crazy. Yeah. I feel they are, because every time I go in there, there's nobody there. But yeah, the displays are phenomenal. Yeah. So I, I grew up at a time when... We had at least 10 different major chains like Virgin Records, Tower Records, Sam Goody's, Coconuts, all the uh, uh, one down south, uh, Peachtree Records. And they were all like giant supermarkets and always full of people. Uh, they're all gone. They're out of business because of uh, downloads. So, uh, and now streaming has made it even. Yeah, we talked about but. Uh, Maybe do you see a chance for this uh, scene, the music scene? Uh, uh, I, it's going to be harder, you know, because if you have, you know, if it were the mid 70s and there were the same, let's say the same players I'm seeing now, young guys, they would have record deals. And then that record company would spend money to promote them to a point of popularity. That doesn't exist anymore. That's the, that's that's the sad fact. Sad. So now, Okay, but now what they have is the ability to promote themselves online. And they have to stay at it. They have to do it themselves, you know. And uh, it's it's a matter of convincing promoters that this that he's got an audience. He has no record track, track record of records or a legacy of his own records. So if you're not a name, 
you're a great player and people are seeing you online, it's not enough for the promoter to book you. Yeah. So th- it's it's different, uh, m- I think much harder today, you know. But they're out there and I hear these young players and, I, and sometimes these little Chinese kids are like two years old. And they'll do the... Oh, I saw, oh, the most beautiful thing I saw, it was like a guitar trio of kids that were five years old playing one of my songs. Really? But wickedly perfect. And I sent it to Mike. I have another guitar player in my group. And I sent it to him. I said, now they can play these lines. You got to he, he couldn't believe it. He couldn't play the lines. These kids were playing like super fast. So cute. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, Chinese. <clears throat> yeah. They probably don't ever go out. <laughs> you know, there's no life. You know, strict parents. You learn how we always outdoors music. <laughs> Maybe they can't uh, change our word. Uh-huh. Maybe. Um, you said uh, that. Um, so, I said to you, you're my. Um, it's an honor to meet you because you're one of the most famous git- uh, jazz guitarists, a uh, jazz guitar musician. Uh, but you say that you see you in the first place as a percussionist, and then on the second point as a guitar musician. Well, Can you explain that? Why do you see that? Explain that because I do all of the all of the percussion on, on all my records, and I think I did. I had a, I was born with a certain ability to play against the time. So I have an inner like metronome. That, uh, let's say the lower half, which is the foot, is tapping the quarter note. And that quarter note never moves, no matter what kind of... But these offbeats don't influence the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. So I would, I would tap my foot under the school desk and I would play rhythms on the top. And for some reason, and I have no idea why I thought this, I could carry this over to my, my playing, which I did. And I didn't realize then how important that would be, you know. So rhythm is not something you can, in this case, learn. You can learn harmony. You can learn all the other aspects of music, chord variations, substitutions, scales. But you can't really learn feel yeah. or good timing and knowing how to play against the time. You either have it in you or you don't. Now, I've explained this to Cuban musicians who naturally have it. In fact, south, more. More north, no. Okay, wherever that is in the world. <laughs> you know, you go to Scandinavia, get about it. You know, you go to northern Japan, nada, you know, or China. But but there's something about it, you know, and they agree with me. So you see directly if there's a famous musician or not. Well, they they might be famous as something else, but they don't. Yeah. But just this is so, you know, what what makes music interesting, and I what I think is the first thing that pulls. A person is the rhythm. Yeah. Rhythm is very important. So the last question is, uh, we are a rock station. So what um, 
is your connection to rock music? Oh, it's it's huge. I mean, uh, right from the early days of uh, the, the Beatles to Rolling Stones to The Who to Moody Blues, Jimi Hendrix, you know, Led Zeppelin, you know, There's it's all good stuff. Very good stuff. You know, they made those records in the 60s. In the 60s, you didn't have cell phones, you didn't have computers, so you had total attention on what you were doing. Today we don't. It's a lot harder to make a record with a whole room full of musicians because they're all looking at their phones, take a break. A lot of them don't even come into the control room to hear the playback. They go out in the hallway, check their phones, and, you know. Uh, it's the focus factor. You know, listen to those records made in the 60s. They're amazing. But everybody was focused. Yeah. yeah. So today it's more of a challenge to make a record. And, and, and I hate to say a little less incentive. Because it's not now about the sales, it's more about the art. Yeah. I make a record for me, because I need to, as an artist, get this out. And that's it. And it might cost me, but it has to be done. Thank you so much. That was great. Really great sentence to the end. It was a nice, it was very nice to meet you. Thank you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Subscribe to our channel for more rocking podcasts.